Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast. I'm super excited to wrap up this series um, that we've done on the camera gear. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get uh, one of the official Canon reps with us, so I was bummed about that. But I always had planned all along to do this roundtable at the end. Um, And so I'm super excited to have Clinton Garrett with me. Um, As you all know, uh, I'm a Panasonic shooter. Um, but I wanted to have just kind of this roundtable discussion from some other wedding filmmakers whose work I really respect. Um, and so I'll tell you a little bit about them, but then I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. Um, so I'll be brief. Um, Garrett. So I asked if you, you guys remember Eldine from the Sony show. Um, I asked Eldine, I said, Hey, who's the best? Uh, who's the best wedding filmmaker that you know that uses Sony? Um, and he immediately sent me to Garrett. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> well, and upon uh, you know confirming this by going to his website, um, I have to agree. Uh, uh, Garrett and his wife do really amazing work. Um, and Clint, um, you heard me talk about Clint in my very first episode in the intro episode because Clint was the inspiration for me getting into wedding films in the first place. Uh, I saw one of his wedding films. Uh, it was my friend Jason that got married and I saw it for the first time. Uh, it was the first time I saw like a good wedding film and it just blew me away, had me in tears and sitting in my office watching this thing. And I was like, holy cow, man, I want to learn how to do that. Um, and then, uh, you've heard the story. If you listen to the first podcast, if you haven't, uh, go back and listen to the story where I, um, oozed about how awesome Clint is at what he does, but he was super helpful in getting me, um, you know, on the path, uh, you know, that I took, um, in, you know, really in a lot of ways, um, basically kicking my butt and saying, Hey man, uh, you know, you got some work to do here in a really nice kind way. Um, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Um, so Clint, yeah, introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Clint Brock from Candlelight Films here in Dallas, Texas. And, um, we shoot, we shoot weddings. We do, we do a wedding a weekend on average, uh, for the last five years, six years. And, um, we're slowly getting into the corporate and, uh, and commercial market now. Awesome. Cool. Clint, why don't you go ahead and tell me, um, tell me how you got started in this. So my wife went to school for uh, TV, radio, film, uh, communications is what it was called at Baylor at the time. And so she knew how to do all this stuff. Uh, right out of college, she took a job at Bridezilla's. Bridezilla's came through Dallas. They're located out of LA. And they came through Dallas because of the big hair, big weddings, thing and they wanted some some good cast uh and so she hopped on and she said that she wished that she learned in school how to carry as many starbucks cups as she could because that's kind of what she did right out of college um she wished that she uh that they would have taught her how to carry gaff tape on a maybe on a fanny pack uh 
and uh, and things like that. <laughs> and so I kind of skipped out on that. I was doing media, um, photo, websites, uh, copy, all sorts of stuff for for mm. startups that would create a new product every six months. And, and I would have to create an entire new website, an entire new marketing platform, try to get them in Best Buy, um, and just every single six months. And finally, um, we reconnected. She went out, out to LA and did a few seasons with Bridezilla's. And then between seasons, they just collect unemployment or work at Starbucks. And, uh, but so, and then they get picked back up and they have a big, we have work again party. And so, um, between <laughs> those seasons, I reeled her back to Texas and we got married and, and we just said, what can we do? We did Dave Ramsey's get out of debt program and we had every penny accounted for. And the next year just looked a lot different with $4,000. What can we do to make 4,000 extra dollars next year? And so little flip video cameras with internal storage back in the day. Yeah, yeah. We took uh, a few wedding videos of some friends and family. I think it was three in a fall. We put them online and we did 52 weddings the next year and quit our jobs in August. And it was nuts, but it was right when uh, the Canon 5D Mark II came out. Um, So the first, really the first DSLR that started doing video. Yeah, that was the camera that started it all. So we modeled our business out of a company out of Toronto. And a company in uh, in Hawaii, and we said, "Let's bring that to to Texas." And so it was. We didn't have a lot of hurdles. Everybody was doing just a tripod and a video camera, and just rolling. Yeah. And so it was. What year was that? Oh, twenty ten. Twenty eleven. Okay, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. cool. So that's my story. Nice. Awesome. Well, uh, Garrett, so I asked, uh, I asked two questions. Uh, one is just a first, if you would just introduce yourself. Um, and then second, let me know how you got started in this. Sure. Well, we, let's see. Um, we got started almost, um, when I'm telling myself my age 15 years ago, uh, we shot our first wedding together as husband and wife team. Um, the month we got married, (laughs) So, but before that, uh, video had always been a hobby. I grew up in a church where my father was the pastor and um, loved doing video. You know, if if our youth group went out to, um, let's say, Six Flags, I would be the guy not writing, but instead, you know, my little tiny camcorder uh, shooting a bunch of footage of everybody else having a fantastic time and then got a little, you know, linear editing before Sunday morning, uh, Sunday school. And then I'd put a little video together, a highlight of, of what went on. And, and so that was a huge hit. Well, as time went on, um, you know, people started getting married, started getting older. My friends got married and I was like, hey, I'll shoot your wedding for free, you know, just because I enjoyed, you know, telling a story. I thought it was fun and just, I loved seeing what the way people would react to a video that I would shoot. That's kind of why I did it. So um, did that for several weddings and then I realized, you know what, this is no longer something I want to do for free. Um, so the next person that asked me, I was like, you know what, I, I, just, I just don't want to. I, I think I'm done with shooting weddings. And uh, they said, well, we'll pay you. And of course, my, my eyes lit up a little bit. I said, wait, what? <laughs> uh, somebody will pay me to do this? And I said, well, how much? And they said, oh, uh, about $200. So I thought about it for a minute and went, cha-ching, I'm in the money. Absolutely, I'm going to do that for $200 and I'm going to be rich. 
So yeah, that's how it all started. Kind of snowballed from there. Um, shooting on little, it's funny, actually Panasonic, uh, little flip cam way back when nice. and little eight millimeter tapes. Uh, I think that's what they were called, eight millimeter tapes. And, um, yeah, just, uh, snowball from there and kept growing and, and getting better and better equipment and, and, uh, everything, all roads lead to where we're at today. Yeah. Awesome. Well, since we're kind of doing this round table style, I'll ask the questions, but I'll also answer them myself, um, as the, the Panasonic, uh, rep at the round table here. Um, so I've, I've told you guys some of this in, in round, uh, or I guess in episode one, um, but uh, just kind of the quick and quick and dirty story of how I got started in this. I was doing wedding photography part time while I was a dorm director uh, full time. So um, if you went to college, I was that guy. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so in the on the side, of course, I was getting to know all these college students. Um, and so, uh, naturally there were lots of people getting married and, um, I won't tell the story of how I got into wedding photography, but I was doing that for a few years before I uh, got into wedding video. So actually, like I said before, I saw Clint's wedding film that he did for my friend Jason and was just kind of, like I said, floored that this was even something that was possible. Like it never crossed my mind that a wedding film could be done like this and, so I was like, hey, well, you know, at the time I was shooting on a Pentax KX um, and I said, hey, this has a record button. Um, let me uh, go uh, talk to somebody from a wedding venue that I had worked at a few times. I was living in Abilene um, and try to make something for um, for someone. So, so I basically went and said, you know, hey, uh, I've never really done this before, but you know, you know, you know my photography and you like it. Um, I think I can make a pretty decent wedding film. Uh, do you have anybody in the next month who's getting married that doesn't have a wedding videographer um, that would like sort of a risk-free environment? So basically I said like, I'll film your wedding and if you like it, great. Give me 500 bucks. If you don't like it, uh, then no worries. Uh, you know, just keep it and no harm, no foul. Um, and boy thought that film was epic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've made this joke before, but I hope you never see it. Um, right. I think we all have those somewhere. Yep. And then my next film, I thought it was, you know, way cooler and, um, was, you know, super, uh, super impressed by it. And I thought, man, I'm getting so freaking good at this. And then I asked Clint to, to look at it and he was like, uh, let me put you back in your place, Jordan. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't remember in a very nice way. Like he was, <laughs> no, he was, he was super nice about it. But if it was, if it was a, if it was an essay that I had written, it would be covered in blood, you know? Oh no. Um, but no, I was like the whole time I remember like, you know, just like writing everything down furiously. Um, and so anyways, uh, th that was a, a catalyst for moving forward tremendously in a hurry. Um, kind of having him say, you know, hey, you know, think about think about the story as you're doing this, not just kind of documenting what's happening. Um, that was probably one of the biggest pieces of of advice, um, right? Yeah. You know, in addition to, hey, here's some things you can do to get better audio, and um, you know, you might think about this so that your video is not so shaky and orange, <laughs> right. and those kind of things. Um, but yeah, you know, we all we all need someone like that in our lives to. Um, you know, they can humble us a little bit when we need it. And I certainly, no, absolutely. Certainly yeah. was in need of it at the time. 
when I first started out, just real quick, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've, you're surrounded by your friends and family. They're telling you how amazing you are. And, oh, my God, this is the best video I've ever seen. It's like, yep. yes, I'm, I know I'm amazing. And then you enter it into a, a real competition or put it in front of real filmmakers or, or people on a, a much higher plateau than, than you are. And it's just it's just crushing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I guess maybe, you know, I'm not all that. And so you go back and keep practicing. But yeah, I, I think we there's several wedding videos. I hope never come to the light of day that have our brand on it. Like, oh, Lord, please, please. Yeah. There's that that side and there's also just all of those brides, their days in a blur. It's shaky and it might be orange, but it's not a blur anymore. They still remember it. And, and, you know, and so, so, you know, if somebody's out there just starting out, um, go practice on weddings. You can go, you can, you can yeah. have yeah. one of your friends walk down an aisle a hundred times and follow focus. Um, but, but a bride's going to remember their day if you shoot it. And, and so just like Jordan did, mm-hmm. yeah. go, go let somebody remember their day. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. Because you can really practice cool. those shots over and over and over again. You know, I've I've done that before and had somebody walk down the aisle and practice my follow focus. But it's a whole different ball game when you're at a wedding. The pressure's on. Everybody's staring at you because you're up front with a monopod or tripod, and it's it's just a whole nother ball game. So yeah, the first get out there and and do some for free just to just get your feet wet in it. Definitely get comfortable shooting weddings and then worry about all the other stuff. Well, and that's the other thing too is there's I appreciate you saying that, Clint. It's because there's. Uh, there's still an abundance of weddings that go on without, um, without a videographer there, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, so, so those, those first two, you know, weddings that I talked about that I joked that I hope you never see, um, those, those couples cherish those videos, you know, they are an unbelievably important part of their family history. Um, you know, they're probably some of the most, their most prized possessions, even though, Absolutely. you know, I'm, um, you know, sort of ashamed of the work that was done there. It's still something that they absolutely cherish. And so, yeah, if you know somebody is getting married and they're not going to have a wedding filmmaker there, absolutely go practice on them for sure. Right. No, I appreciate that, Clint. Uh, so this is a round table about the gear, um, which, you know, is, uh, is sort of the, the junk food of discussions, I think, um, <laughs> when we talk about wedding videos. And so obviously we're going to get into some, some of the, you know, the meat and the vegetables and that kind of thing as the podcast goes on. But, um, I know you people, I know you like junk food. And so we're starting off with uh, we're starting off with Cheetos. Um, so uh, since we're talking about the gear, um, let's talk about the gear that you use and why you chose it. Um, so I'll I'll just start with you again, Clint. Well, I mean we we started out right when DSLR started doing video, um, and so it was Canon. It was the 5D Mark II, and it was. Uh, a amazing platform at the time, uh, nimble. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't video. I was a f- photographer beforehand. It wasn't video. I was scared of video. Um, this is, um, this is all my controls and I'm so used to it. And, and, um, so Lauren, like I said, was in video beforehand. She just taught me how to make a story out of my photos. Uh, and then, 
And then I just, I was comfy. So I taught her how to work the controls of a DSLR instead of a big video camera that I was intimidated by. And so we just started there. And then we got the 5D Mark III's, which was great whenever they came out. And, uh, and I've got my suite of Canon lenses. And we were getting to the point where we weren't satisfied with our Mark III's, but we didn't know where to go. Uh, it was before Sony came out with sure. uh, their offerings, and we just we just invested in the in the Mark or C100 Mark IIs. Uh, we tried a C100 Mark One, and uh, it was terrible. It was the screen was bad. Mm. Um, it's bulky in the first place, and then having to add a screen to sure. it was just even bigger. And I run Glidecam all day long, and I it was hard with a screen on it. Um, so we just stayed with our Mark threes until the Canon C100 Mark twos came out. And, and then we jumped on that bandwagon because we had a client who wanted us to film a stage and for that camera to go to two different screens. And we just couldn't do that with our mm. Mark threes, uh, for a two hour show. And, uh, we booked that one show and that one show made up the difference in those cameras. And so, we said, let's just do it, you know? And so we bought the cameras rather than renting them, uh, learned them and shot that one show. And then from then on, we've been with the C100 Mark twos. Uh, and it's been fun to see Sony come out with all these different offerings that are, that are amazing. Um, and it's fun to get to see them every three months that they come out with a new camera. And, uh, but, uh, and, you know, I'm in a place right now where where I am no fanboy. Um, I'm, but I've never felt hindered by my gear. Uh, yeah. And so there's there's been a shift, and I'm aware of it. Um, I'm also whenever I got in as uh, when those DSLRs started doing video, I'm also aware of who was who was made a dinosaur by technology, and I I'm. Sure. Uh, very aware of that and i'm very aware of sony's offerings uh and i i'm i dread uh becoming a dinosaur because i'm stuck in one platform so i'm willing to change but uh well i'll educate you here about the uh the better platform but (laughs) cool awesome how about you, Garrett? Why don't you talk to us about you're wearing you're even you're, you're the most loyal person here. You're wearing the Sony Alpha hat. So. Oh, gotta represent my colors. Awesome. Gotta represent. Yeah. Um. Uh. To I guess I am a Sony fanboy. Um. Everybody accuses <laughs> me of it, so I'm just embracing it. Yes, that's true. I I wouldn't be if I didn't love their equipment. If it if their equipment uh, made my life harder, um, I would ditch it in a second. But let's let's I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go back a little bit. Um, when we first started, like I said, we were using little flip out Panasonic, um, Walmart camcorders, you know, and, uh, we upgraded and we finally started realizing we can, you know, make a little bit of money on the side with it. So I got some Canon camcorders, like, woo, and use those for a while. And then, um, I found myself outgrowing those. And so we, we upgraded to the big boys. If you all remember the Canon XL2, the big shoulder monsters that were just backbreakers and, and trying to fly that on a glide cam was just, oh, nightmarish. But, um, yeah, um, like Clint said, you know, we we um, we latched on to the DL- DSLR movement when it started happening. You know, with the Mark II that we had a Mark II, 70, 60, Mark III went through, you know, all of those iterations of uh, uh, 
Canon DSLRs. And of course, we built up a, a pretty decent collection of the L glass, uh, which if you know anything about Canon lenses, then they're, you know, flagship lenses and they're really expensive. So, um, Sony came out, um, I hadn't even really looked at Sony for, for anything. And Sony came out with the FS 700. And the only thing that piqued my interest at first was the ability to shoot really high frame rates and record 4k externally. Mm -hmm. So I was just, when that, when they announced that I was just, I had to have it. So we, we broke out. I think our first kit for Sony FS 700 was like $8,000, which is a pretty big chunk of change, but I knew this is, you know, this is going to give me beautiful slow motion. And yes, for the first couple of weddings I shot with it, most of my wedding was in slow motion. <laughs> so I, I regret doing that a little bit, but I did shoot with it. And after the first one or two weddings, I came home. And of course, I'm mixing that with the, uh, the, what was it? I think we had the Mark III at the time. And I'm mixing the footage back and forth, trying to grade it so it matches somewhat. And a little um, um, side effect, I guess, of buying it that I wasn't expecting, I started looking at it. I was like, wow, what's what's all this, you know, a range of, of dynamic range I'm getting? What's all this um, highlight retention I'm getting? And and just, just the colors I'm getting, I, I, that's really cool. And so um, we shot for that with that for a while. And after... A while of mixing, you know, the FS 700, which is a, it's about the same size as like the C100 or the, or the C100 Mark II. It's along those same lines, basically a kind of like a bread box with the lens on the end of it. And um, I got tired of using it at weddings. It was just a little too heavy and cumbersome. And then Sony started coming out with the, um, um, I'd, I'd kind of looked at like the A7R and, and, and things like that. But then they came out with the A7S and... I waited a little while. I was like, man, that looks good. I watched, you know, Philip Bloom's review of the low light, which, you know, we live in a low light world at weddings sure, yeah. and I need, I need that. And of course we were using, um, the fastest lenses we could. So I'm looking at that. And I'm like, yeah, that's nice. But you know, I have thousands and thousands of dollars invested in my Canon L glass and I just cannot justify spending, selling all that and spending all that money again and taking a loss to do that. I just can't do that. And so I ignored it for a while. And then the more reviews I kept reading, the more footage I kept seeing, I'm like, man, that's, that looks nice. So I rented one. And then from that on, it was just, it was just over. We went ahead and went in uh, full bore. We purchased the A7S original one and the adapters. And we used Canon glass on our A7S's for about a year before deciding uh, to go full E-mount. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, the first wedding we shot with it. I, I gave the camera to my wife. She was doing bride prep and I, I, um, mapped the buttons on the back to match my, uh, my Canon that I'd been using. And so I gave it to her and she knew where all the settings were at. And she shot her first bride prep and wedding with it the whole day and just absolutely nailed it. Uh, but from then on, I just, um, decided, you know, this, this is the system for us. And I think this is what we're going to use to make our lives easier, do better in low light. And, uh, and eventually we started buying one lens at a time, you know, E-mount and then selling off an L glass, buying another one. And Sony just kept, kept coming out with better and better and better glass. And so we've been full E-mount um, lenses for uh, maybe a year and a half now. Nice. But uh, yeah, it's, it, was a, it was a really long story to, to get to that, but I'm sorry. Oh, that's great. But yeah, it was, um, it was just, you know, the, the dynamic range it gives us and, and um, the flexibility. I mean, I even dipped my toes in the Fuji waters for a little bit. You know, we were looking at some reds. We were looking at the C100. And what was really important to me, and as times progress, it becomes even more important the older I get, is that I want a, a small kit. I want the smallest possible. Sure, yeah. So I'm 
extremely mobile. Yep. So yeah, that's that that's where we're at with Sony, and we just you know they keep giving us new lenses, and and we're just excited where the future of Sony is taking us. Awesome. Very cool. Well, uh, I mentioned the uh, the Pentax before. Some like uh, like Clint, my um, my system all started out with photography rather than video, and so I was I started out shooting weddings with the Pentax. Um, I owned a uh, I kind of upgraded through to the the Pinnacle of Pentax's system, and then I was really I felt like I was uh, sort of peer pressured into the the full world of full frame, um, and which. Uh, if you know anything about Pentax, uh, they only recently have a full frame camera. So, so I switched over to Canon, um, and uh, that was actually my first. Uh, so, I, so I was actually shooting with Canon for just about a year, and to be honest, I never really liked it. Um, switching from from Pentax, Pentax just kind of felt better to me. It, it, I still loved the images out of it. It was a lighter, smaller system. Um, and it just kind of fit my hands better. Um, and so I actually, I, I shot with the 5D2 um, and I just never really liked it. I kept, um, this is about the time that the Olympus OMD EM5 came out. And to be honest, like the aesthetics of the camera itself were sort of wooing me. Um, you know, it looked like an old school film camera and uh, I've seen people having amazing results from it. I um, wa- I read every blog and watched every video that was out there about it. And eventually I decided to buy this camera. And that was my first uh, mirrorless camera. Um, and I remember for, for probably like six months, um, I was just, you know, testing, testing the mess out of this and, and eventually got to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot. Um, my first my first wedding with this Olympus camera. I was doing uh, still stills at that point, and um, I remember thinking, "I'm really not missing much." Um, there's a there's a few you know few things I was missing from the Canon, but I just enjoyed the system so much more. Um, but my first wedding, my first several wedding films were shot with a combination of the Olympus and the Canon system. Um, but mostly the Olympus was kind of my go-to because it had that five-axis image stabilization, which was just crazy good. Oh, that's great. Still yeah. is crazy good on that camera. Um, but, you know, this was when I was first getting started. So I, I thought that was kind of like a good substitute for a glide cam or something, which <laughs> it's clearly not. Um, but that's kind of how I was using it. And, it you know, it worked better than if I had tried to use the 5D2 like that anyways, you know. Sure. Um but anyway, so I, I shot quite a few. I, I eventually, you know, I actually, um, uh, you know, unlike you, Garrett, I, I just kind of, after six months of realizing, hey, this Canon gear has been sitting on the shelf getting dusty, I just sold it all at once and went all in on Micro Four Thirds um, buying lenses and actually came out on top. Um, didn't take a loss because, uh, because the gear is more affordable. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was able to get an amazing collection of prime lenses. Um, I shoot with all primes. I don't use any zooms at all. Um, and so I was able to get their amazing, uh, the, the M Zyko, I don't even know how to pronounce it. The Olympus, um, primes. And then the Leica primes, um, from Panasonic. And, um, eventually I met this guy, uh, in Austin who was shooting with, with Panasonic Lumix cameras. He showed me the GH4 and, 
uh, I, I told you about the aesthetics wooing me from the Olympus. Well, because of that, I sort of like uh, poo-pooed it a little bit because it just looked like a DSLR where I liked my um, my cool retro-looking cameras. Um, but then I started looking it up and seeing, you know, just like seeing what people were posting. I was like, oh my goodness, this is so much sharper and the colors are way better and the dynamic range is just you know, kicks my Olympus's butt. So, uh, eventually I bought a GH4 and I was, I was mixing the footage with the Olympus and it was super obvious in my videos. Like when it cut from the, uh, from the GH4 footage to the Olympus oh, footage, yeah. it was like dramatic. It was, and there was no way to color correct it to make it look right. I mean, it was just, it looked, yeah, we went through the same uh, thing when we switched, you know, with mixing the Canon and Sony. Yep. Oh man, it's like, oh, I our brides probably didn't notice, but I was just, I hated to send it out. Oh yeah, we did so that same different. thing too. Well, it's funny the, because can, the DSLRs versus the C100s, we just, I tested it out on one shoot and just decided I can't do this at a wedding. I just have to go all in, or I or I don't switch. Yep. Yeah, uh, it was funny actually. I had a uh, so right after I switched, I, you know, I shot several um, several weddings with just the Lumix system, and I still had some videos up from when I was shooting Olympus and Canon, and um, I had several potential clients say, "Hey, I really love your new stuff, but it looks like the stuff that's just like from a few months ago, it just." I don't know. It just doesn't look very good. Like what happened? And so I had to like, I had to like explain to them. And that was, that was kind of shocking because we normally think like, Oh, well, you know, our clients don't really notice or whatever. They, they completely did. They totally that one did. Yeah. And that happened, that happened a couple of times. Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I've been, um, I've been all in with Panasonic and it's, I guess I was, I, I kind of gave you that story, Pentax to Canon to Olympus to, to Panasonic. So, um, I've never been a brand fanboy until now and I totally am. Um, but it's just because to me and the way that I shoot, um, and the image, the, the image that I prefer, it really is completely the best system in my mind and so um you know right and that's a great thing about being in this industry there's so many options that you can find the tool that'll work for you and and some of the classes we teach the first thing i tell them i say yes i i'm i'm freely going to admit i'm a sony fanboy because i love their system but the most important tool in your kit is you yeah Camera is second. Your system is second. The most important is what's between your two ears. That's what you need to concentrate on and hone before you worry about spending thousands of dollars on on, on equipment. But yeah, it's a, it's a great industry to be in because there are so many choices that you can just latch onto and what may work for you doesn't work for me. But uh, but yeah, it's just a it's a great great option to have. Absolutely, I totally agree. So uh, yeah, why don't we? I want to hear a little more from. Uh, from the dinosaur over there. Um, Are you talking about me? No, no, no. I'm talking about Clint. <laughs> okay. <laughs> from from the guy who's who's shooting, and, and no, this is this is sort of interesting because I actually, to be truthful, before uh, a week ago when Clint and I were emailing back and forth, I I thought he was still shooting on the five D three, and it wasn't because I looked at your stuff and said, oh, that looks like five D three. I don't even know what it, the difference in what they look like anymore is because I'm just kind of still mm-hmm. out of the Canon world. Um. But, uh, you know, 
you, you sound kind of self-admit, like, you know, you're not really a fanboy. It's just like what you kind of got into and what you're using. Like, talk to me about like what you, what you do love about, about the Canon system right now. Um, there, there's been a shift over the last few years. Well, first of all, uh, I started out, uh, getting to be really good friends with some really good photographers. Uh, our very first wedding was mm-hmm. at the Crescent Hotel downtown. It's just an amazing hotel. We, we were working with amazing photographers, amazing wedding planners, uh, and I'm in one better than jeans. And just because this girl forgot to get a video and we were the only ones available because we were the only ones who hasn't booked a wedding yet. And so it's our very first yeah. wedding. And, um, and so I'm, I became good friends with these people and they helped me out and, and I just modeled my look after film photographers. And so they, Mm -hmm. they have, well, the brides get a consistent look, a consistent, uh, almost as if an ad agency came in and, and created their wedding for them. They get their video and they get their photos and it's consistent. And, and so that's kind of where we, started and and then and then it got better with the mark three 5d mark threes and then it got better with the c100 mark twos uh the dynamic range is nuts and i can bring back in the skies and i can bring back in the the dress i will i'll almost every shot that a dress is in i'll bring up contrast and then i'll bring back in the dress because the dress is blown out once i get the contrast where i want it and um those film cameras are just nuts when it comes to that uh, those contacts are just crazy. The, the dynamic range is nuts. And um, so anyways, uh, it's there's been a shift. So now I'm all the way to here. So there's a shift that's been happening where it's going moody and it's going darker and it's going cinematic. And I can, I can picture a bunch of guys in a room talking about their favorite movies. And what's your favorite movie? Well, hmm. I like this M. Night Shyamalan movie and I like... Saving Private Ryan, and I like this, uh, you know, just different things like that. And and weddings are going that way, and I am so tempted to go that way. So tempted. Um, but because I didn't two years ago, I'm the only option, really, to get a bright, pretty wedding video that's consistent mm. with your photos. Um, which is weird to me, but, but, uh, but the Canon look to me represents skin tones better than anything. And I'll blow out skies. Mm. I'll blow out dresses. I'll whatever I have to do to make you look like you. So whenever you watch this video, you're like, yeah, that's me. That's exactly what I look like. And, and so to me, being maybe being a dinosaur, I will totally admit to being a dinosaur. That um, <laughs> the A7S, I've played with it a little bit, not enough to 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 matter. But um, the this new moody thing, it's just it's real Instagram filtery to me. And yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Right when it goes out, and if my portfolio was built up. For four years doing this, and right when it goes out of style, I'm at a I'm at I'm up a creek when a bride goes, I don't want that anymore this year. All of a sudden, 2018, 2019, whatever it is, all of a sudden now that's not in style. You've got to spend that whole year 
building up your portfolio again, you know? And, and so, yeah. So that you could say it negatively and you could call it a dinosaur. You could say it positively and you could call it a classic. And no, yeah. And, and, and when I say a dinosaur, I, you have to know that I have the utmost respect for Clint and his work and his work is unbelievable. Um, you know, I have, I have clients, from from my hometown of Austin, who hired Clint from Dallas to come down instead of me. So, uh, oh no! So, so Clint's work is amazing, and his work is well, not done no, no. I'm, I'm 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 looking at myself, saying saying which way am I going to go? And it, it matters, you know. And it's like it matters, like for my daughter's college, and it matters for our house. What oh, kind yeah. of house are we going to live in? And it, I mean, it matters. Uh, are we going to shop at Whole Foods or are we going to shop at Walmart? Uh, it matters. And, and, you know, it, it's hard. It's a really hard decision. Um, Absolutely. It's so easy to be influenced by what everybody sure. else in the industry is doing. Yep. We did that for, for several months and I had brides like, Hey, yeah, I'm checking on your website here a few months ago. You had some of this certain style and I'm not seeing that. Can you do that for me? And luckily they hired us because they knew of us already, but I'm like, I'm like, whoa, 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 hit the brakes. You know, stay true to who you are. Don't be influenced by what people that, I mean, there's some people I really respect, but find your own path, you know? And, and, and if you do, you know, the latest, Instagram filtery look, then it's going to be out of style maybe next season. So yeah, exactly, Clint. You're exactly right. I feel you. I, I have the same kind of conversations sometimes with clients where it's, um, I say, like I had one client that asked me, she said, Hey, can you put, can you do like a, like a super eight filter on some of the footage? And I just, you know, no, I will not do that. You know, like you're going to regret this incredibly, you know, in a few years, whenever, um, you know, that, that vintage style goes out because, um, but, but the, you know, the punchy colors and, and the bright airy look and, um, you know, that, that classic clean, real look, um, you know, that's not going to go out of style. That's so, yeah, hard. That's yeah. real hard. And I'm not going to say that you're not going to find that stuff on my blog or my Vimeo. You know, that's on there and I've, I've learned from my mistakes. But, and again, you know, it, it, it varies from couple to couple. Maybe a couple that I'm working on, I, I just feel that maybe that light, airy yep. look is them. And maybe the next couple is, you know, they're super fun and they're just all over the place and animated. And I want that punchy color and high contrast. So I, my films usually don't stick to a single look for every single one. You know, I kind of match to, uh, to the, to, to the couple, but no, you're good. Uh, you're sorry good. to interrupt Clint. Yeah. So Clint, how do you, uh, you said you're rocking like a glide cam all day. Are you just like a beast? Are you going to the gym all the time? Rocking a glide cam with a C100? Uh, you look, I, bro. <laughs> I remember learning on it. So we, like I said, we modeled our, our company after, a, uh, one in Toronto and one in Hawaii and they were doing glide cam stuff. And I had my DSLR on my glide cam. I think it was, it's not the one I have now. I have the HD 4000 now. It was a smaller version. And I would, I would practice for about an hour and I'd be shot for about a day. And then I'd practice oh, for an sure. hour and I'd be shot for yeah. a day. And, um, and now I can, I mean, I carry my C100 Mark II and the HD 4000. Uh, for every single shot other than vows and rings and, and I do's. And 
Yeah, and just wow, really? It's a goodness. it's a slider. I, it's a you're better man than me. It's everything you want it to be. So, um, but I will say that with the DSLR, with this lighter stuff, it was more squirrely. And so I'm driving a Titanic now, and sure. it's it's rock solid, left, right, forward, and back, um, compared to something lighter. For sure, yeah. Now on the lighter cameras, yeah. a glide cam is. I see a lot of people using a glide cam for, you know, smaller cameras and you do see a lot of like this yeah. kind of thing going on, you know? And so that is certainly like, you know, a gimbal is a lot better choice for, you know, a DSLR than, than a glide cam. If what you I see, it, you know, so glide yeah. cam what I see skill, is absolutely. people, um, not quite developing their skill to the point it should, should be. And they're, they're using a wide lens as a crutch. And so they'll, it'll be, it'll be gorgeous shots. It'll be gorgeous shots. And then all of a sudden you're on like an eight or a 16 for a glide cam shot. And it's bubbly as anything. And, um, it's fisheye almost. And then we're back to gorgeous shots. And, and so, I mean, all day I'm on, I'm between 50 and 70 on my glide cam, uh, all day i hardly ever zoom back out unless i'm shooting a whole room shot or something and at that point i normally put on a 16 to 35 do my room shot and then get back on my 24 to 70 yeah right when you use that wide angle there has to be a reason it can't just be you know the the bride and groom walking in a field and you slap on a 14 you know there has to be a reason like from when we use the the i think we have a we use uh sony's 10 to 18 uh, which on the crop sensor, it's like 14 to something. But uh, yeah, I use that rarely. Like for instance, I love using it when they have the grand entrance at the reception because I can see them coming in, everybody clapping their hands and cheering. You get a really nice overall shot of the entire room and all the energy that's happening. But yeah, I maybe use that lens two or three times a day. It's definitely not something you want to move around a lot either on on, the, on a gimbal because it's like you said, the edges kind of warp around a little bit. All right, guys, I hate to do this to you, but I'm going to give you a cliffhanger because we were going on and on about uh, all the gear that we love using in this discussion, and we ended up going for well over an hour and a half. And so we decided to split this into a two-part series because we're really going to try to keep them right at um, or under an hour, and uh, we're going to fail a lot of times with that, but I didn't want to go too far over the hour and so we're actually going to cut the podcast here we're going to pick it up pick up the discussion again next week we're going to start off that discussion on lenses which is a question i hear from you guys so often on on facebook on a lot of the forums is you see someone's gorgeous wedding film that they posted but you wonder what lenses they use because they have some kind of magical look about it. And so we're actually going to talk specifics about which lenses we're using for different scenarios. And it's pretty cool because we we all had a different, a, a very different philosophy on the use of lenses. Um, and so you'll get to hear some, some varying perspectives on lens choices and the reasons that we choose those lenses. Um, and I think... Uh, that'll that'll really give you sort of a a, a plethora of choices um, and sort of the the philosophy on why you might choose one type of lens over another. Um, in, in particular, the discussion I think on on primes versus zooms 
is a really cool discussion and something that uh, hopefully you'll find really helpful. Uh, once again, guys, we are we're just getting started with this podcast, but I hope you find the info really helpful. And if you have found it helpful, it would be a huge service to us if you would leave us a review on iTunes. Um, just take a couple minutes and let us know what you think. The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show and help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.